Hi everyone, my name is Greg Knight and I like watching, thinking about, and talking about movies. One of the great things about starting your own podcast is that there are some days where you get to actually talk to the creators of those movies. Our series Under the Stole is where you can find those conversations. I've had the opportunity to interview award-winning directors, up-and-coming documentarians, and even a legit Abraham Lincoln historian. So if you are curious about the creative spirit and want to learn more about how artists are inspired to make their passion projects, check out Under the Stole right here on the Popping Collars feed. Hi, I'm Greg. And I'm Betsy. And this is Going on 30, a Popping Collars side project where I didn't kill my wife. I'm sorry. I mean, where we talk about movies that were nominated or should have been nominated for Best Picture 30 years ago. Sorry. I don't know what came over. I mean, a line that works in any conversation. It really is an opener. (laughs) Meeting someone new for for the first time. Oh, hey, fancy seeing you down here in the sewer. By the way, didn't kill my wife. Just, Didn't just kill uh, my FYI. Wife. Yeah. <laughs> this month, we're looking at the Harrison Ford hit, The Fugitive. I came home, there was a man in my house. He had an artificial arm. Are you saying that I killed my wife? Are you saying that I crushed her skull and that I shot her? Ladies and gentlemen, listen up. We have a fugitive that's been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injury, is four miles an hour. That will give you a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in this area. Checkpoints will go up at 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. It's finally fugitive time. Mm Mm-hmm. I've been playing fugitive sound bites for like the last three years on our pod. Whenever we made reference to the fugitive, I would play the the hard target search audio. Uh, Betsy, I have a not so brief description of the fugitive. Would you like to hear it? Yes. All right, settle in. This is a decent sized paragraph. Okay, and then I have. So, well, actually, I'll save mine. I'm going to save mine. Okay, you oh, go. Okay. Ahead. All right. Okay. Okay. My mine will come later when we get to when we get to outside reviewers. I awesome. I have a contribution okay. this week. I'm awesome. excited. Okay. All right. Give me this. I don't know why this would be long though. Well, I don't know either. I haven't actually read it, so I'm reading. Okay. It. All right. Go. We're for doing it, it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. I'm do- I'm excited. Wrongfully- Does it say car from a 1963 show? Right, starring exactly. blah 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 that ran for 120 yeah episodes. exactly it's got to give you like okay. all the got historical it. data do all the history okay. all right here we go wrongfully convicted of murdering his wife and sentenced to death richard kimball that's dr richard kimball by the way D- yes D- yeah. <laughs> dr don't, richard don't forget he earned a degree that's greg right. <laughs> escapes from the law in an attempt to find her killer and clear his name Pursuing him is a team of U.S. Marshals led by Deputy Samuel Gerard, a determined detective who will will not rest until Richard is captured. As Kimball never leads, knew, never knew Tommy Lee Jones's character name. Keep going. As Kimball leads the marshals through a series of intricate chases, he uncovers the secret behind his wife's death 
and struggles to expose the killer before he is recaptured or killed. May I also say that there is a strong like uh, anti-prescription drug element to this movie too that I forgot existed. This is like way before oxycodone. Yeah, this is like anti-Purdue before anti-Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The normal metabolic pathways in delivery and the drug's name is Provasic. As I will show you tonight, Provasic is remarkably effective and has no side effects whatsoever. It is also noteworthy that this drug that this drug was developed in cooperation, not competition, with the Chicago Memorial Hospital in what we hope will be the model for continued dishonest, excuse me, for honest, open joint ventures between academic medicine and pharmaceutical industry, Richard. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of this speech. You almost got away with it, didn't you? I know all about it. I can prove it. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Richard Kimball doesn't feel well, obviously. So if you just go on with your dessert and coffee, Richard, do you mind to step aside and let's talk? Okay. So uh, I'll be back in just a second. You changed the samples, didn't you, huh? You switched the samples after Lentz died. Let's stay, stay calm, people. After Lentz died, you were the only one who had the access. You switched the samples and the pathology reports. Did you kill Lentz too, huh? Can we get some security huh? in here, please? Did you? He falsified his research so that our DU-90 could be approved and Devlin McGregor could give you Provasic. <laughs> That's not even in your thing. That's right. That's not even in there. That wasn't even in here. Because that um, person's like, I kind of don't understand this part of the story, so I'm not going right. to include it. Did you, it's like, I don't, I don't know why he was asking that guy from... Uh, from yeah. Prince of Tides if he killed Lentz. I just don't know what that was about. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Betsy, what is your history with the fugitive? It's such easy watching, right? So easy. So easy. So I put easy. this on at 1030 last night. Usually I would fall asleep. No way. Never never Came home from never class even got today, Watch this movie. Yep. Came home from class. Watch the movie. Like yeah. easy stuff. Uh, I feel like it's one of those, it was definitely one of those things you run into on cable and you're mm-hmm. watching, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I saw this in the theater. I think so. Because it, it pre- would have been something easy to agree on, but it also could be a movie that you rented and then you were able to watch with your family. Yeah. Yeah. Like this would be a holiday break pleaser. It's a for everybody. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody would watch it. Yeah. You got some Harrison Ford. There's no embarrassing sexy time, really. Right. I mean, Celia Ward, you know, she's... she's there working. is. That's actually one of my scorching hot takes. We'll get to it. Oh, Lord. But, um, but yeah, so it's, you know, that's, that's that I think was my history, history mm-hmm. with The Fugitive. Yeah. I don't know. This would have been one that I probably would have watched in the theater, but I don't think I watched in the theater. This would have, this was, we'll get to it there's when we get to stats about the movie. There's a lot of swearing in this, Greg. You, you might've been too I young. I mean, maybe kind Do of, but um, this was definitely a blockbuster rental for the oh, film. Yeah. So I know that, I know that we would have caught it then. You know, we used to go to the movies. This, this was a summer movie and we used to go mm-hmm. to the movies like every week in the summer. It felt mm-hmm. like. Um, so it's possible that we went to go see this, but I, I am for sure that this was a blockbuster. This was a summer movie? Yeah, it was a late summer. It was like in August. Because um, the weather does not say summer. <laughs> no, the weather says I, This made me feel cold <laughs> yes. in this movie. I've been watching a lot of Fargo recently in my life, and this movie kind of meshed 
with that yeah. situation. I mean, yeah. it's set around St. Patrick's Day, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Chicago's I mean, a cold place. I don't know if you know this, Betsy. From I don't know if you remember from your Northwestern time. Yes, it Chicago's is. Cold. just it has been snowy here in Northern Virginia, Greg, and I have been thinking about it. There you go. Thinking about that silk long underwear. I never knew that was a thing. Then I went to Chicago. What are your initial takes on The Fugitive after this okay. recent rewatch? Okay. First off, yeah, I don't think I ever really know what Tommy Lee Jones' character's name is. I do always <laughs> think he is just Tommy Lee Jones. So rewatching, I definitely, this film has a component that listeners of this podcast will know is a weakness for me. Yep. That allows me to like even bad movies. This is not a bad movie. And yep. that is a team of people Get with witty done. banter working together. Yes. So the team of U.S. Marshals, I love them all so much. They yep. make me incredibly happy. Uh, in, part- you know, in particular, some standouts in the group. Like, mm-hmm. let's get there. Mm-hmm. We really like... Joey Pants. We love we love Joey Pants. Mm-hmm. All day we love Joey Pants. Yeah. I love El Scott Caldwell. Yep. That's cool. Get it right? done. Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Tom Wood, who with who's Newman mm. with the pony with his Tears for Fears ponytail. Dis- discount oh, Eric Stoltz. Discount Eric Stoltz. Discount Eric Stoltz. Also looks a little bit like the there's this curly haired actor who's really big in the nineties who had red hair. I'm gonna think of him in a little bit. Yeah. Um you know, this just the group, uh, Daniel um, Roebuck Biggs, who I remember playing Jay Leno in a TV movie about the late night TV wars. Oh, that movie right? was great. Like, the late shift. Yes. That movie was the great. late shift. Oh, my God. But, you know, I really I, I just appreciated that group. Right. Working together. Yeah, that, that that always sells it for me a lot. St. Louis. So he showed up not dead yet. Let that be a lesson to you boys and girls. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. <laughs> yeah, you've been right before. <laughs> All right. Walter, this is Richard. Richard? Jesus. Why did you run? Running only makes you look guilty. I wasn't worried about appearances, Walter. Tell me where you are so I can come meet you and you can turn yourself in. I'm not going to turn myself in. I need help. I need money. I might be crazy, but that train sounds like an L. St. Louis doesn't have an elevated train. How do you know it's an elevated train? You know, I think he's right. I lived under an L for 20 years. No, well, then you can explain the difference in the sound of an elevated train as opposed to a train that's running along the ground. You must have ears like an eagle. Play that back. I want to hear the sound of an elevated train. All right, wait a minute. Now, what cities have L's? Uh, New York's got an L. Chile. We do. We got an L. Milwaukee's got an L. Hold it right there where the lawyer says that he sounds guilty. There's bells in the background. There's a guy on a PA. I want to drop everything but the guy on the PA. Can you do that? Yeah, I'll try it. Hold on, Sam. Okay. Walter, this is Richard. Richard? Jesus. Yeah, right there. Why did you run? Next Running only What's he saying? It's like next uh, stop. Sound like next stop. Do that again. Why did you run? Running only makes you look guilty. Next, next stop. Merchandise mark. Son of a bitch, our boy came home. That bell, that bell is the bell on the Well Street Bridge. It's six blocks away. I knew that was an elevated train. Oh, yeah, big dog, you're never wrong. I found the score somewhat aggressive and distracting at times. Oh, okay. Just, it's, I mean, it's fine, but uh, there were times when I'm like, is this an episode of Airwolf? Like, things were just very, <laughs> especially all the helicopters. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just a lot of helicopters. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was, every every movement is accentuated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, oh. It's also a movie that's old enough that like random people are going to pop up in it. You'll be like, oh, my God, it's that guy. Or, oh, my God, it's that actress. You know, the Jane Lynch never. I had totally forgotten that she was in this movie. Yeah. Right. The cop on the train at the end is the guy that plays the orderly in Scrubs. And I had totally forgot. That oh, yeah, 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 This yeah. as well, too. You know, just like little things like that that kind of make this make this movie kind of hum. I feel like this movie is a little bit of a precursor and maybe it has some other prototypes that go with it of the kind of taken movies. Yeah. Old guy. Action. You know? Yeah. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. these people halfway through the movie 
should not be able to walk anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Harrison Ford should be immobile with the beating that his body has taken. We are getting some passage of time. He yeah. is able to heal a little bit. I mean, good God, you fall through a skylight. <laughs> Well, jumping off the dam, right? Like jumping off the dam. I mean, come on, come on, come on. And then you're able to, you know, slowly stalk around a laundry floor. Okay. Without dragging, you know, one foot. No, yeah. So it does kind of, yeah, it's a little bit, but still Harrison Ford looks young. You know, he's young here because he's still, you know, he's still going after it. I still greatly enjoy him. Loved him this past year in Shrinking. He's he's Mm -hmm. a great actor, right? And how poor Julianne Moore. Build number three in this movie. Three. Third. She's third. What? She's third on the list. She comes in third. And it had been a while since I watched it. So I kept waiting for her to pop back up again. Yeah. No. Somehow he was going to need her to get up in that prosthetic library. Yeah. If something else was going to happen. And I'm like, oh no, she's gone. She is a oh. third build cameo in the movie. She yeah, Jane Lynch bizarre. is in this movie as much as Yes, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and you have to go digging for her on IMDb. Where is she? <laughs> I mean, good God. I I had forgotten too why actually the wife was I couldn't remember. Except for the one armed man. Yeah. And it really is quite the complex storyline that they're able to try to push out mm-hmm. like into a tube of sausage at the end of this movie. And I should say that because, you know, Abe Froman, and the Sausage King of Chicago, right. and Abe Froman. but it's, it's a pretty complicated well, thing. They, like, they right need, the yeah, they need a reason like, wow. for there to be a big bad. Yeah. Pa- like somebody yeah. passed the one armed man. Um, yeah. And so it gets so. a little, it gets a little dicey. But let's front. just say you knew that his quote, quote friend was bad. The moment he stepped out of the tennis club, we his all knew it. Quote unquote friend looks like straight out of Nazi central casting. <laughs> I, would, I would think so. And on IMDb, that guy's picture is a picture of him playing a Nazi. I think. <laughs> Hold on. Let me look. Yeah. So there you go. So he's, he's he's got Bond villain written all over him, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Even when he was Dutch. in Prince of Tides, you know, he had that feel to him. Yeah, he's from Amsterdam. Yeah, beware. <laughs> born born just after the occupation. All right. He's like that. So guy there we go. So there's some. The... There's some of my hat. I, I love it. I love it. Um, you actually touched on a lot of my not as hot takes, so that's good. Oh. Oh, great. I'm glad I'm in your lukewarm takes. My scorching hot take. Oh. Insert sound effect here. By the way, the sound effect that we're inserting for the scorching hot take. What are we putting? We put uh, we put the Oppenheimer uh, bomb. In our uh, that's our scorching hot take sound effect is the oh my uh, god the Oppenheimer okay. countdown scorching hot take here it goes you ready Harrison yeah. Ford should never ever ever have okay. a beard this may be the worst beard in the history of movies has he had a beard in other movies I don't know I don't care it's disgusting the scene of him kissing Celia Ward. It Ooh, made it's me gross. want to puke. It made me want to. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty unattractive. It was so gross. It well, was like the first time can, I saw him, yeah. I was like, I think I see pieces of food in that thing. That thing is I disgusting. Think they, okay. We could tell they were forcing the beard because we needed a later transition. It's like putting the hot girl in glasses, right? Mm. Like mm. that's what was happening here. If he had that beard and he showed up at that hospital, they would send him home. They would be you cannot do surgery with that beard. I'm sorry, get out. Well, you got to put that you got to put that lower beard mask on. You know the lower beard ma- beard hairnet. You know like when you do food packing and you've got Justin. people with beards and Just they got to put that beard that beard net on. Come on. Yeah. What yeah. is Oh, that's so bad. Um, let's see. You mentioned uh discount Eric Stoltz. I had that. You mentioned Julianne Moore, third build. I had that. Well, I called him Tears for Fears, Ponytail. Okay. 
Yeah. I, I do have this. Uh, question for you. Is this peak yes. seal award? Is this like seal awards hottest moment? Hold on. Because I has, was also a big sisters fan. Well, that's what I'm saying. She has this and sisters going at the same time. This has got to be like been, the peak, peak seal award. award. That's why I've been pigs to the word. I wanted them to give her character a little bit. She has nothing to do. She's, she has nothing so to sad. do. It's very other sad. than I mean, she worked that this phone is, operating um, scene. This is an really example of this is this is pretty classic fridging of seal award here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I want oh, wait. Did you say did you say you were a sisters fan? Betsy? Oh yeah. Well, what about that, Betsy? I have a top five. What? I have top five movies from sisters actors right here. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Is this really where we are? Because I was watching this movie thinking about what top five <laughs> things will Greg do? Will it be top five television shows adapted into movies? Would it be yeah, that's too obvious. That's too obvious. Too obvious. Top five movies starring the actors from Sisters. Okay, I need to now pull up Sisters on IMDb. All right. Okay. I don't know why we're not sponsored by IMDb. They don't seem to sponsor <laughs> anybody. I had to listen to Okay. Okay, here we go. Let's go. What's honorable mention? I have a couple of honorable mention for some noted guest stars on Sisters. Okay. So starting with noted guest star Paul Rudd. Um, I would say, you know, top Paul Rudd movie. I'm gonna give him clueless for uh top Paul Rudd movie. Okay, okay. And then uh noted guest star George Clooney was on Sisters. George oh. Clooney was on every show in the late 80s and early 90s, including Roseanne and uh countless others. Uh, I'm going to give George uh, Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton was really George's best offering, I would say. Okay, so. great. Okay. There we go. There's our honorable mentions. Okay, great. All right. So then five. Okay, so number five. We'll start off with Swoozy Kurtz, one of the sisters. You're putting Swoozy in fifth place? Yeah, we're starting with Swoozy. Um, I'm going to say that uh, her best outing was probably in Cruel Intentions, when she played the doctor in Cruel Intentions. Fun fact, did you know she was also in Dangerous Liaisons as well? So she doubled up on that story. She did Dangerous Liaisons. She did both. I know she did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fourth. Okay. Fourth, we'll move on to Patricia Callenberg. Okay. And we're going to say that she peaked as the mom from Signs, from the mm. M. Night Shyamalan Signs. Yeah, that's pretty She good. tells Mel Gibson to... Tell Joaquin Phoenix to swing away. That's a pretty powerful mm, moment. That's pretty powerful. Sneaky good Mel Gibson movie, by the way. Signs. Yeah. Like, he's really good in that movie. I, yeah. I wish you weren't a ter terrible person. I know. <laughs> okay, uh, three? Uh, three, we'll move on to Celia Ward. Um, we'll say this, or maybe when she shows up in Gone Girl. Remember when she shows up in Gone Girl and you're like, oh, God, that's Celia Ward. That's still Lord. Where's she been? She also plays the president in Independence Day, doesn't she? Uh oh, like the the sequel. I never saw I think that. So. Yeah, resurgence. Yeah, I never saw that. I know she'd she be probably, a good president. She probably does. She's also in the Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Uh, sequel Havana Nights. She yeah. seems to be in the sequels. Okay. Okay, where are we? Okay. Number two. 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 Uh, we'll move on to Sheila Kelly. Uh, who was Debbie from Singles? Our beloved Debbie from Singles. Oh, so, yes. yeah. So that's that's peak Sheila Kelly right there. There we go. Love her. Yeah. My uh, number one. Number one. I took the biggest uh, name recurring character, and that is, of course, Ashley Judd, who oh. showed up quite a bit in the later uh, seasons of Sisters. I think she was like one of their mm -hmm. cousins or something. I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. She was on for a few years. Anyway. Yeah, you took you took out the former Mrs. Bruce Springsteen, Julianne Phillips. And oh, yeah. Took her, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Well, anyway, okay. uh, Ashley Judd, I don't know. I've got her peeking at probably Kiss the Girls. 
Morgan Freeman. Mm. That was like that was big time Ashley Judd territory right there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So there you go. Top five yeah. movies from sisters actors. Well, that certainly was a random situation. Thank <laughs> you for that. Uh, Betsy, what's your best scene from The Fugitive? I mean, you know, there's your chicken house, outhouse, you know, dog house. Mm-hmm. The thing that, you know, this Hard is another search. one of those you can't handle the truth that, you know, yeah. becomes the, you know, this is why you like movies clip. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm hmm. And I also appreciate throughout the movie because they do so well at the pace and the walk and talks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like watching a law and order situation, but everyone is really capable. Like they walk into every place. They're like, how many exits are in here? There's four exits in this ballroom. Like everybody knows exactly what's going on and everything's a walk and talk, can which, I just which say keeps also, the pace going. Yeah. Can I just say also, I think one of the things that is attractive about the get it done team, you know, that mm-hmm. you're putting your finger on is mm-hmm. the crosstalk dialogue, right? Like mm-hmm. the way that they'll mm-hmm. crosstalk over each other mm-hmm. all the time. And it's like, it's never, it's never distracting. It just, it feels like everybody has a voice and everybody's an expert, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yes. Which I do appreciate that. Although I do like so, that. I do like that line where he's like, what are you doing right now? And he's like, I'm thinking, well, why don't you think me up a, Coffee and- <laughs> Pick me up a chocolate donut coffee and a chocolate donut with sprinkles. <laughs> and they're cool. at a train collision site. I don't know where that comes from, but anyway, craft services. Uh, right. So, so I had I had two that kind of really stood out. So I'm having a hard time choosing between the two, but I think I'm going to go with. I, I like when he gets into that regional hospital. Mm-hmm. And because he's a doctor and he kind of has this ability to, cause there's always this element with the Kimball character. You're like, he's just, he's, he's a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. He is not James Bond. He's not Jason Bourne. Right. He hasn't been trained how to do any of this stuff. He's mm-hmm. just basically a white man who kno- with an advanced degree who knows how to move with authority <laughs> through space. Confidently knows how to walk around hospitals, yeah. Yes, that's what he knows how to do. So he knows where to go, what a little room where he would be not very disturbed so he can sew up his side. And mm-hmm. he gives you just a little extra on the side. Thanks, Harrison Ford, while he deals with his wound. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when he that he kind of knows to go into a patient's room who's kind of out of it, and that he can be in the bathroom, dye his hair, take off that nasty beard, right? But he also knows how the nurses work; that he can just get behind the door and have the door be open, and she'll move and keep chatting, mm-hmm. fill up the water, and go. Yeah, and I mean- so he's able to just kind of. Transform himself. There's not a ton of dialogue. And then he's able to kind of move on. And then he goes outside and happens to run into the the other guard from the thing. And those guys are like, how could he tell just by looking at him? It's the upper quadrant, you know, whatever injury. And then he gets in the ambulance and leaves. And so there's some elements that I'm definitely suspending belief to get down with this. But I I like that element because it just keeps things moving and I like a good transformation. Yeah. And I also, you know, it's something that I I got to appreciate when I was um, doing chaplaincy work, right. Uh, In seminary, when you're doing like Mm -hmm. CPE or something like that is like the activity, like the hive of activity that happens Mm -hmm. at a hospital. I mean, there are tons of people like all over the hospital. You don't know what any of these people are doing. Um, no. But you're passing them in the hallway. I mean, maybe like maybe there are doctors, maybe there's custodians, maybe there's chaplains like me. You don't know who any of these people are. There's a ton of them all over the place. And if you just walk confidently from one area to another, nobody's going to stop you or bother you. It's really right. Yeah, that... and the little detail like his fly was down. Right. Yeah. And like the the cop tells him, yeah, after they have their interaction, you know, have you seen this guy? And he's like, every time I look in the mirror, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, he flies out. Oh, thanks. You know, and off yeah. he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite scene is the uh the scene where they bust the other fugitive. You know, where they go into the house mm-hmm. and they uh they catch Oof. the other guy. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, because it's 
like the movie's kind of clipping along and you know it's fun it's a little cat and mouse you know sort of catch me if you can kind of stuff but then this gets into sort of the seriousness of the situation this is a, a really good setting the stakes scene i think um which is to say that like the marshals aren't they're not really messing around like if you're you know if you're in range like you could easily get shot you know by these guys mm-hmm. right and uh and that's what that scene establishes and i think it establishes it really well but the part that i like the most i think is that you get this glimpse into the Tommy Lee Jones character of Sam when he's talking to discount Eric Stoltz. I can't hear anything. My my ear is... Uh... I can't believe you did that. You think I should have bargained with that guy? Yeah. I do. You could have missed. You could have killed me. Yeah. How bad's that ear? It's terrible. I'm gonna have permanent hearing damage. Let me see it. Can you hear what I'm saying now? Yeah. I don't bargain. You hear that? Yeah. And I don't know, it's just, it's really like, it's a, it's a really haunting scene, you know, and, and especially in like the midst of a kind of a fun movie, like it gives you another side to that Gerard character that's like, that makes him a real threat to uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Kimball going forward. I, well, and I also though found though, in the end, I mean, the racial angle of that was also a little bit disquieting. Oh, me. yeah, yeah. There is that. You know, this is the black fugitive with Mm -hmm. his girlfriend and the way they bust in the house and the way they take down the door and the way they, you know, the Mm -hmm. the whatever destructive angle doesn't really seem to matter. She just gets told to shut up. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what their relationship is. You don't know whether she's been threatened with violence for him to stay there, you know, like or whatever it is. You have no idea. And she's completely dehumanized. Mm-hmm. you know and all of that so yeah. it kind of and then more then we're back to chasing the white privileged doctor around wherever he is you know so it's it's true i kind of had that other angle to it too but yeah you did see how he thinks about his team and he called them his kids after yeah, that. yeah he did mm-hmm. um what's your best performance of the movie I mean, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, yeah, I, I this feels the like the man with one arm. You know, <laughs> from, I know yeah. this feels this feels like the days and confused up where it's like, yeah. okay, there's an answer, there's a right answer, but like, did any like for instance the Amsterdam guy? I I have no idea how you say his first name. Jeron, Jeroen, yeah, Crabbe, Jeron, the bad guy. That guy sucks, yeah. and he's really good at that. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is that he does, like he's really good at it. He's good. He's smarmy and good. Yeah, I, I think it's Tommy Lee Jones. I don't, I don't have another answer. Yeah. All right, here we go. I got some stats about the movie. Stats, 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 stats. stats. Um, the Fugitive opened on August sixth, nineteen ninety three. You know, towards the end of summer movie season. Mm-hmm. Um. This day in 90210. Well, so yeah, so they were on a summer hiatus. So we'll just go back to I thought we were 24-7. Yeah, usually I mean, usually we would have summer episodes of of, uh, 90210, but uh, I guess the beach club had been left behind at this point. So um so they were on summer hiatus. So I tell you what, we'll go back to the finale. Of season three, okay. so the season three, uh, episode thirty, entitled "Commencement." Okay. Commencement. Oh, when graduation right. day finally arrives for the senior class at West Beverly High, the friend, the friends reminisce and ponder their future plans. Not yeah, because I graduated from high Donna school Martin too. graduates. Donna Martin graduates. Uh, Fugitive had a domestic gross of $184 million. 
making it the number three grossing movie of 1993. Big hit. That's it is hit. the number 269th top grossing movie of all time. Between. You ready, Betsy? Mm-hmm, I'm ready. I am not going to have to read descriptions of these movies. You're going to know what these movies are. Okay, great. Uh, the Fugitive comes between another Tommy Lee Jones movie, Batman Forever. Mm. And it comes just ahead of Marvel Studios' Black Widow, starring Scarlett Johansson. Oh, wow. Lawrence Pugh. So you get you get two superhero movies, Batman Forever and Black Widow, and then The Fugitive sitting in between them to flirt, Mary kill. I would say I'm going to flirt with Black Widow. Oh. I'm going to okay. kill Batman Forever and I'm marry The Fugitive. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. All right. I've, mm-hmm, I flipped mm-hmm. Batman Forever and Black Widow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But because uh, one, because of that soundtrack, that Batman Forever soundtrack, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is that Kiss got, from Rose? Yeah, that's Seal. Yeah, that's you uh, two. Hold me, thrill yeah. me, kiss me, kill me. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty great. The Fugitive has a ninety-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to meet the critic. That's like, yeah, it didn't work for me. <laughs> love to meet that person. Uh, what do you think Raj said about this movie? Oh, he loved it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, he's he's talking about the director here, uh, Day Davis. What's his first name? Andrew. Look it up. Anthony. Andrew. Andrew Davis. Andrew Davis. He had done uh, Under Siege with Steven Seagal. Yes, this. and he's from Chicago. Oh, okay. So the St. Patrick's Day stuff like wasn't scripted. No, he just jumped into a and parade. So, right. So he really wanted to capture the parade and was granted permission from the mayor's office to film the day of the parade. So oh, the entire hilarious. sequence was shot with like a steady cam that's without hilarious. rehearsal. Wow. And they just kind of went out there and did stuff. Under Siege is pretty good. It may be like the only good Steven Seagal movie, by the way. Well, and uh, Tom Lee Jones was in that, too. Oh, he was. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So he says uh, Davis paints with bold visual strokes so that the movie rises above its action film origins and becomes operatic. Four out of four stars. I would say calm down, Roger. It's a it's a good movie, but like, let's let's it's a Chicago let's film. He's having a hard down. time. He's having a hard time. He loves it. He <laughs> loves slow it. down a little bit, Roger. I get it. I get yeah. it. You like that Chicago is in the movie. I get Can't it. Stop. Just slow down. Stop. Jeez. Well, then you're going to love my the review that I'm going to share. My all-time top 10. The Godfather, The Fugitive. <laughs> yeah. Slow down. Uh, Janet Maslin has a review. Okay. She says... Both stars have toughness and restraint that make their characters' battle of wits truly hypnotic, and in many ways more credible than it was on television. I mean, yeah. See, somebody bringing up that it was a television show. Thanks, yeah. Janet Maslin. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, okay. I would expect it to be better. You know, I would expect. Yeah. I would expect Wrath of Khan to be better than just a regular old episode of Star Trek, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to step your game oh. up for the movie, right? For sure. And it's also 30 years later. Yeah. I would expect. So I have a review, Greg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We were holding the spot for your review. What is that? So it's from Lindy West. Okay. Who, the writer of Shrill, who also has reviewed a lot of movies and wrote for, you know, alternative weeklies out in um, the Pacific Northwest and has a great... um compilation of her movie reviews that she put together during the pandemic that's called um shit actually the definitive 100 percent objective guide to modern cinema that was published okay. in october of 2020 right. and um so this is an excerpt from her review of the fugitive which is pivotal to the entire book okay objectively there's only one good movie and it's the fugitive the fugitive is the best movie 
because it has the best lines and is never scary, only interesting and exciting. We didn't need any more movies after The Fugitive. We didn't need any movies before it either. We should erase those. The Fugitive is the only good movie. I wanted to call my new book, The Fugitive is the only good movie, but my publisher wouldn't let me, probably because they're deep in the pockets of Big Gump. (laughs) Undeterred, I rated every movie in said book on a scale of 0 to 10 DVDs of The Fugitive. (laughs) I rate The Fugitive 13 out of 10 DVDs of The Fugitive. (laughs) All other movies should quit. Case closed, gavel. Wow. (laughs) So she rates all the movies in the book. Out of right. 10. So according to Lindy West, the there's the fugitive. There's no and then the Godfather. Movies. <laughs> and then, right. Then this is it. This is it. The fugitive is we're done. Got it. Yeah. So there you go. But I appreciate I will, that. I, just, I will, like that is so true. This is never a bad time. Like you, you no. never have a bad time watching the fugitive. No. No. That's and I true. will I'm a big audiobook person. Her book on audiobook, amazing. She reads it, it's great. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, How did this movie do at the Oscars? Betsy had one win. One famous win. Uh, Oh, one famous win? Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. There you go. Tommy Lee Jones. Supporting actor, yeah. I will say a little category fraud, best supporting actor. He's he's in like ninety eight percent of this. Right. <laughs> but, all right. right. I did I did find on on the IMDb some explanation around Julianne Moore. That oh, okay. She originally had more going on <laughs> that there was. Right. So let's see. Uh, originally, Julianne Moore's character had a bigger role in the film. Okay. Even after she exposes him, Kimball was to have sought her out for help and eventually fall for her. Because that oh, you do God. feel Come like that's on. right. That's Cliche. A, that's a studio These note. That's they a studio were filmed, note. Of course. Filmed and deleted from the final cut of the film. This is the reason that her name is still oh, credited God. as one of the main stars of the picture. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, we got these two good-looking kids. Uh, can we get a? Can we get a? Can we get them together? More? So, was it nominated for anything else? Uh, it was. It was nominated besides. Oh, no, don't best tell picture. me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Okay, so how many? Yeah. So besides best picture, it was nominated for one, two, three, four, five other categories. Okay. Was the score nominated? It was John um, Newton Howard. Is that what it is? Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's a, that is a person who does yeah. movie scores. Um, so <laughs> James, then uh, James, uh, James, James, Howard, yeah, James yeah. Howard Newton, Newton Howard, 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 something like that. Some combination um, of those. So there's a lot of action in this. Mm-hmm. They only had one chance, evidently, to film that train scene. Yes. Just one. Yes. So film editing. Yeah, I don't know whether we're, we're calling editing. things yes. at this point. Best and then editing. I'm not quite sure what the sound category is called at this point. Yes, it was best sound too. So, okay, so so okay. far you've gotten sound, film editing, and score. Yes, yes to all three okay. of those. Okay, how many more do I have to guess? Uh, two more. Best director? No. No. They're they're below the line categories. Below the line. Um, cinematography? No. It's not yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Best cinematography. And then the last one, I don't know that you're going to get it. It's, it's kind of hidden. Uh, best okay. effects. Best effects oh, slash okay. special, special effects. effects. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. it's a little choppy, I'll say. It's a yeah, little it's a little green screeny. Choppy. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's okay. But it's fine. I mean, okay. you know, it's decent you know. for 1993. Come on. Yeah, and evidently Harrison Ford did, it might take in... <laughs> He did actually hurt himself running around in the woods. He tore some ligaments. Of course. So that's why later in the film, when you do see him walking around, he's limping because he wasn't going to get surgery until after the film was over. Oh, my God. Come on. So that's why he is so limpy. I thought maybe he was just really into it. But no, the limp is actually real. I think... You know, Harrison Ford, who famously broke his foot on the Millennium Falcon, filming the new Star Wars movies. I just think this guy just needs to stay away from sets. He's just, he's a danger to himself and others, you know? I agree. He only does these movies to buy airplanes so that he can keep flying and crashing them on golf courses. (laughs) Like, come on. Anyway, all right. 
Mm-hmm. Moving on. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injuries, four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or dog house in that area. Checkpoints go up at 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. What's the lasting legacy of this movie? Uh, I, I, you know, we have a lot, I would say I wrote down reimagined classics. So this idea of like, you know, revamping like old TV Mm -hmm. shows and stuff like that, because it feels like, uh, this idea that Hollywood leans on IP, you know, Mm -hmm. seems like a new phenomenon, but this has been happening forever. I remember, you know, back in the nineties, there was like what Beverly Hillbillies movie and you know there were multiple Adams family movies and right Brady Bunch well, and this movie. was then wasn't this turned into a TV series then too in the in 2020 like it's gone from TV to movie to TV hasn't it yeah probably like it's, yeah it's like that sort of right you know, yeah, I mean there's always something like this there's always like some yeah. like old 50s or 60s show that gets like dusted off like um henry cavill was in a man from uncle movie not too long ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah this idea of like i don't know what's what's something that we got oh we got old fugitive scripts let's see if we can doctor one of those up and turn it into a movie you know it's like mm-hmm. this this sort of hollywood shorthand has been going on for a while it feels like right also, the idea of of taking a beloved actor. I mean, we and we talked about it a little bit with kind of older guy action. You know, like it's so. I mean, the Taken movies would be an example of this too. Liam Neeson mm-hmm. as a care as an as a person that people mm-hmm. seem to like in the way that people have affinity for Harrison Ford as an actor for this character, but him as a person. You yeah, because in a way, it's like he's playing Richard Kimball. But he's also Harrison Ford. Right. Like the super aggressive opening title sequence where their names are like flip flopping around. I'm like, all right, settle down. Right. Like <laughs> this is like Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones. Like, okay, get it. You know, that we're, that we're kind of, we're, we're casting you because you're a good actor, but we're also casting you as a person. Right. There's a little bit of that. I mean, Harrison too. Ford would sell a movie. I mean, he, you know, he was like in that Schwarzenegger zone, right? Where it was like it didn't matter what the movie was if it was a Harrison mm-hmm. Ford movie, you know? Yeah. And and and, and Cruise. I mean, you're your guy, Cruise. I mean, you know, yeah. you can imagine a remake of this with, you know, Cruise kind of, but Cruise almost feels too, you know, super capable, even though, yeah, Harrison Ford has been an action star as as Indiana Jones and. And even though probably here, Tom Cruise, if he played this role now, is older than Harrison Ford was when he played this role. Right, part. yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to kind of think about think about that. Yeah, so there was, uh, I saw a f- uh, like a fun fact one time that like Tom Cruise is older than Paul Newman was in The Color of Money, you know, where like, where like Paul Newman was playing like the old guy giving way to like the, you know, the young buck. Like Tom Cruise coming up. Could you ever imagine a scenario where Tom Cruise would play like the grizzled old veteran? <laughs> like some up and coming. Young... I think he thinks that's I mean, what he was Maverick, doing in Top right? Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah Maverick. That's but even in Maverick, it was like, yeah, I mean, I'm the grizzled veteran, but I can still fly planes better than any of these kids can. You know, it's like, yes. I don't know. This is very different. Because he has a hard time seeding the floor. I think we're yes. all aware of that yes. as a struggle for yeah. our friend. Um, in, in in life all the time. I will say that it, it's shocking to me that some of these old, old shows still have life mm-hmm. in them. I remember when uh, Netflix announced the Wednesday series. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, who's going to watch it? Who even knows what the Adams Family is, right? Like in 2023. Mm-hmm. And I'll be damned. Like it's a hit show. <laughs> you know, it's like, what right. is this? 
<laughs> well, and it. it does it does make me think about this time in the range of shows from the sixties, like let's make a get smart movie. Let's make a, this, you know, that, that you kind of start trolling, you know, the IP from that time and seeing what you might remake. Cause at the same time it becomes nostalgia pieces, right? Right. Like, well, who's the audience for this? Right. So you're looking at a boomer audience who remembers, remembers Ford for Indiana Jones for star Wars Mm -hmm. But then also might remember this television show that their parents like to watch, maybe, and has mm-hmm. some sort of, or they watched, you know, it's it's an interesting. But then my Gen Z kids combo. love Wednesday, right? right? And so it's like, sure. what's that all about? I don't get it. Well, anyway. Well, you know, you cast hot people. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Hot people at a boarding school. Greg, boarding school? I'm telling you. <laughs> Um, of of the okay so so when this movie was made in the 90s you know what uh, the fugitive was basically like 30 years old so when we mm-hmm. think about shows now that would be like 30 years old you know from now so like your mm-hmm. friends and your er's and all of that right. stuff lost mm-hmm. will any yeah. of these shows get big screen revivals do you think well lost isn't 30 years old yet no, it's like twenty. Yeah, it's like twenty. Yeah, it's like twenty. It's hard to it's hard to choose like a medical drama. Yeah, because those always get let new life medical dramas, law dramas, things like that always get comebacks. I think like ten years from now they'll have like a Dexter movie, you know, starring like some up and coming actor or something. I could see that. I could see that. It's it's the things that really have the concepts behind them. It's mm-hmm. like twenty four, like something like that. Like yeah. you could see that being remade and put into a movie. Yeah, it's it's the things it's the things that really have interesting clocks on them. You know, mm-hmm. concepts where there's a beginning and an end because it makes me actually curious about the television show. Yeah, every week he's barely staying ahead, and I think I, I'm guessing that on the show he would. With his doctor skills and his smart white guyness. He was solving problems for other people. Yeah, it was the incredible. You would run into. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so you would right, right. It was was David Banner. So you like in the way because the other scene that I did like from the film was when he looks at the film for the kid and he's watching. He's watching that doctor in the haste of not his fancy hospital. This is Cook County Hospital, Mm -hmm. right? This is you know hectic, underpaid. You know, things are zooming in all the time. And he watched that doctor not look at it, person that kid observation, mm-hmm. him know that something's not going on. And then he comes, you know, to change it, to change everything up. You know, I feel like that is a nod to probably what happened. Yeah. So is, but is he in the same town all the time? Does he have to leave town, come back to town? Like, I, I don't really quite know how 120 episodes of a show happens of this concept. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, well, I mean, I guess they, they did make an 18 movie. I was, I was thinking, yeah, there's like, there's always these concepts of like, um, you know, the weekly, like we're going to come in, solve the situation. Oh, Mm -hmm. wait, somebody's chasing us out of town. We'll leave. Magnum PI. Yeah. PI Baywatch. I mean, you know, you can, yeah. Bring back. And then of course it's staring me right in the face. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is one sure. of these TV shows. But like it's had such a life as a movie franchise that you forget the TV franchise that preceded it a lot of times. Anyway, um TV becoming movies, becoming TV. I, I just think that this is just a cycle that we're gonna live with forever. And get some um, new ideas. Get some new <laughs> ideas. Come on. <laughs> hey. Um, you know, and even like things like Barbie, you know, if I, it, maybe take an IP idea, but put an interesting spin on it and see what happens, you know? Oh, you oh. Know, oh hey, but how about this? I didn't kill my husband. <gasps> oh, oh my, what? I love it. Okay. Who is this movie for Betsy? It's for, I mean, I kind of said it was for boomers already a little bit. Yeah. I said it was for dads, but I mean, I guess that's. <laughs> I guess it's but it's really- also it's got pretty mass appeal. I mean, its numbers speak to 
the the well cast, well written. Yeah, yeah. They they marketed this movie well. It's yeah. hitting everybody. It's like, ah, eh, we can get past some swear words and let little Tommy watch this blockbuster rental with us too. You know, I think it was like, yeah. there's yeah, let's hear some more. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, what's your rating for this movie out of five? I got to tell you, I'm very top heavy right now for this uh, for this year's movies. We've only done one. <laughs> I know. Well, we've done two. And uh, and so far, my two are very, very top heavy. I'm giving it a four, Greg. Oh, okay. Four. Uh, I four. Am... I'm giving it four out of five DVDs of the future. <laughs> I, uh, I started with a four and then I bumped it up a half point. So I'm at a 4.5. Okay. okay, gotcha. Um, gotcha. I just said, as solid an action movie as anything made today doesn't wear out its welcome. That's what I really do like about this movie. It gets in and gets out without a lot of extra. It does. <laughs> it does. I mean, thank God they didn't do what I thought they were going to do or that Julianne Moore situation. Right, Ugh. yeah. It's like, I Ugh. mean, that's sort of the beauty of the ending is that they get in the car together and then it's like, well, what else is there to do? Nothing. Okay. Credits. You know, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> nothing here. Let me, let me crack open this ice pack for you. Exactly. Take off these cuffs. You know, let's, let's go, let's go get a beer. Like I'm really, yeah, it's, we're not even going to go into And they, they did the full trial before they did right. the rest of the credits. It's right. all. Yeah, Prelude. we're on the we're on the bus like within like three minutes after the movie started. Yeah, it's crazy. Boom, boom. Andrew on it. Oh, so this is a this, you know, usually we just gloss over this question, but this is actually a good one. Why did the Academy nominate this movie? This is a best picture nominated movie by the Academy of Motion. I know. Arts and Science. I agree with you. I think that is. A fascinating thing. I mean, it, unless it they is, just wanted people is, to watch the show, like if they wanted people to watch, watch the fair. Yeah, yeah. This is a po- some popcorn fair action. Now, I think, I think it is. I think it is well acted and well cast. I feel like it's the equivalent of nominating Top Gun for Best Picture. I mean, no, yeah, I do not. That's what it feels no, like to no, me. No, no, there's no. There's more acting and more than there's more plane flying in that other one. I mean, it's just it's 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 very weird, especially in this time, you know, when we're looking at all these like uh, merchant ivory pictures that there's just a big, fun popcorn movie just thrown in the middle of all this. Um, Well, especially when we're talking about only nominating five movies yeah now you and i have discussed what a bummer the other movies nominated this year yes are yes so perhaps based with the slate was this a choice (laughs) they needed some balance they needed some balance (laughs) also i do think greg i mean people watch the oscars for the stars they do yeah and yeah, and this you get your, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford and Tommy Lee Jones on your TV show. Yeah, yeah. on your red carpet. Oh, totally. This is why you this know? is why I said that like the the Spider-Man movie a few years ago should have been nominated. You get 10 movies. Right. It's not going to win, movies. who cares? But like get Tom Holland to the Oscars for God's sake. Right. Get Zendaya to the Oscars. <laughs> get mm. get on you Oscars, I guess. I guess. Still a bunch of white movies and you left out Denzel again. Congratulations. You and I feel like you I feel like you should have nominated Philadelphia and Seven Futures. Exactly. Like, you know. And then um, and then we've got, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what did Emily say about the fugitive? I forgot to ask her because I thought oh. we were doing <laughs> Oh, you thought we were doing Okay, the- so when we do Groundhog Day, I'm gonna come in with two Emily comments. Okay. All right. We'll do both. Uh we'll let's both. see. What did Whoopi Goldberg say about this in her Oscars mom? I, I bet she probably referenced it. I'll I'll see if I can find a clip of her talking about hmm. it. We'll put it yeah, right here. That's cool, because neither one of them was in one of the biggest hits of the year, The Fugitive. A thriller about a person who spent days and days. Yes. And days and days running just one step ahead of the law. But enough about Tanya Harding. 
Yeah. Um, okay, that's it. The Fugitive in the books. Next up, Betsy. It's, it's your own personal Groundhog Day since you just it watched is. this movie. <laughs> I just watched this movie. I watched this movie. I showed it when I was on duty last weekend. And kids are like, what's this movie? What's this movie about? And they were interested. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a great one. Don't drive There you go. All right, that's it. Uh, The Fugitive is in the books. Next up, Betsy, we have, oh, like a personal movie, one that you've already just seen. Groundhog Day is coming up next time. Stop it. Stop. You're terrible. All right, that's it. The Fugitive in the books. Next up, Betsy, we've got Groundhog Day. (laughs) Okay. 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 You're scaring me. I'll stop stop the bit. I'll stop the bit. Uh, Betsy, thank you for helping to clear my name. Uh, with this podcast, I didn't. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> I, I knew you actually cared, and I, I knew you. I knew you actually cared all along. When you said I don't care, I kn- I knew that that was a lie. That you actually did care. You knew I really cared. <laughs> all right, we'll I'm see you next you time. Know me. All right, bye.